Welcome to another night of Warrior Reads. As always, make sure that you've handled anything before bed, that the room is dark, and that you're in a comfortable position. Remember, as you're listening, if you get excited by a story or interested, don't worry about it. Now is not the time for your mind to be racing. Now is the time for your mind to be resting. As always, we'll have copies of the recordings available on our website, as well as even the ability to order it should you want to in the morning. Now is the time for your reward for a good day lived or a reminder to be a warrior tomorrow. I'll give you about five seconds to clear your head and then we'll begin. Welcome warriors. Tonight, we turn the clock back to a time before Christendom, before Rome, to a time when monsters of myth and battles with the gods were the norm. And we will visit the misty rolling hills of ancient Ireland, where the echoes of magic and the songs of the Fae can still be heard on the quietest of nights. Our selection is from The Book of Celtic Mythology by Philip Freeman. And in tonight's selection, we will dive into the ancient Irish myth from the Tame Boculain, also known as the Cattle Raid of Culain. This story is the heart of a series of interrelated Irish stories that tell the exploits and adventures of the Ulster and the Olaid people of Northern Ireland. The main character of the Tane is the great Irish hero Cú Culain, the original gangsta of the Irish folklore and he's basically the Irish equivalent of Hercules or Thor. Cú Culain was born from divine and human parents, and there begins the hero's journey found in just about every mythology you can think of, consisting of remarkable boyhood deeds, astonishing feats of bravery in combat, such as facing an invading army all by himself and finally dying a hero's death. Tonight we will visit the point in this Irish legend where our hero ascends from the life of a child to that of the warrior he would ultimately become. And you will hear of his boyhood deeds, those first steps on the path of his hero's journey. The cool thing about Cuculain's story is that he rises to the challenge, not with a somber face of begrudgedly facing the responsibility that presents itself, but instead he gets excited to face his enemies. He amplifies and escalates the situation. He flips it on his head with a smile on his face, eager to face the challenge. Kukulain plays to win and has a great time doing it which is one reason why the tales of his actions and bravery have inspired generations of Irish Celts to live a heroic life of their own. As always, you can read this book at any time in the future, and it's worth the read. But as you let go of the day and everything else that's on your mind, and prepare for the rest that you're owed, allow yourself to sink into the story and place yourself there among the endless Irish fields, in a time before modern history, in the age of heroes, and transport yourself to a land where the impossible 
and mythic lies within your grasp. In this new world, you might just find your story and how your path to your own heroic journey might unfold. So with that, relax and enjoy. The Boyhood Deeds of Kukulain While Satanta was very young, he lived with his mother and father to the south of Amain Maka, on the plain of Murith Mine, near the sea. While there, he heard stories of the boys of Ulster and how three times fifty were always playing hurly ball with their sticks. Mother, let me go and join the boys at Amain Maka, he said. No, she replied, you are much too young, and you have no warrior to escort you from here to there. The journey is too difficult for you. I'm going anyway, he answered. Satanta gathered his wooden shield and toy javelin, along with his hurly stick and ball, and set off to the Ulster capital alone. Along the way, he kept throwing the javelin into the sky in front of him and running and catching it by its end before it hit the ground. At last, he came to the playing fields of Emain Maka and rushed to join the game. This boy insults us, said Falaman, the son of Konkobar. For Satanta did not know that it was forbidden for anyone to join the game unless he had first sought permission and protection. The other boys threw 50 times 50 javelins at him, all at once, but he repelled each one with his toy shield. Then they threw all their balls at him, but he caught them against his chest. Then they threw their hurley sticks, but they could not touch him. At last, Satanta became furious at the ill treatment he was receiving from the boys and began to change in form and appearance. In his battle fury, each hair on his head stood straight up as if it were hammered into his skull. One of his eyes narrowed until it was like the eye of a needle, while the other opened as wide as a mead goblet. He bared his teeth from ear to ear and glowed with a warrior's fire. The boys began to run. Then he attacked them and knocked down fifty of them before they reached the gates of Emain Maka. He pursued the rest past the king as he sat playing chess at the gate and leapt over the chessboard. King Kankobar seized him by the arm. You weren't treating these boys very well, said the king. I treated them just as they deserved, Satanta said. I came all the way from my home to play with them, but they were not kind to me. What is your name? asked Kankobar. I am Satanta, the son of Sultame, and your sister. I did not expect to be treated badly here among my own people. Why didn't you ask them for protection? said the king. I didn't know it was required, replied Satanta. And so now I ask you for your protection. Agreed, said the king. The boy turned and started attacking the boys at the fort. Why are you still fighting them? asked the king. Because now, said Satanta, I want them to ask for my protection. They will do so, 
said Kakobar, I give you my word. Then I agree that I shall do them no more harm, said Satanta. After this, the people of Amain Maka went into the Hurley fields and helped the boys to their feet, each going to the aid of their own foster son. When he first came to Amain Maka, Satanta did not sleep inside the fort. Why don't you sleep here? asked Kankobar. Because I can't sleep unless my head and feet are equally high, said the boy. And so Kankobar ordered a pillar stone placed at Satanta's head and another at his feet. In between, he made a special bed for him. One day, when a certain man went to wake him, Satanta jumped up with a start and struck the man in the forehead, driving his broken skull into his brain and killing him. He also knocked down one of the pillar stones. From that time forward, no one dared to wake him, but allowed him to sleep until he woke of his own accord. At another time, Satanta was playing hurley ball on the field of Amain Maka by himself against three times fifty boys. In every game he beat them until they couldn't stand it anymore and attacked him. He struck back and killed fifty of them, then ran away to hide under Kankobar's bed. The people of Ulster rose up to kill the boy while Kankobar rushed to defend him, but Satanta lifted up the bed with thirty warriors on top of it and threw it into the middle of the house. At last, Kankobar and Fergus calmed the angry crowd and made peace between them and the boy. Once, when Satanta was still a child, war broke out between Ulster and Eogan Mac Durfacht, who had been Kankobar's ally, and slain Noise for him when he returned to Ireland with Deirdre. When the battle began, Satanta was left behind asleep at Amain Maka. The fighting went poorly for the Ulstermen, so that Kangobar and many of his men were left for dead on the battlefield. Their groans woke up Satanta, and he went to help his countrymen. Along the way, he met a man with half a head, carrying half of another man on his back. Help me, boy, the man with half a head said. I am wounded. Take my brother from my back, and take a turn carrying him. I will not, said Satanta in fear. The man threw his brother on the boy, but Satanta cast him off and wrestled the man until the man beat him and threw him on the ground. Then he heard the war goddess crying from among the corpses, A poor warrior you are to be beaten by a phantom. Satanta then took his hurley stick and struck off the head of the man who had beaten him. He then began to drive the head before him across the plain like a ball. Kankobar, are you there? Satanta shouted. The king called out to him until the boy found him. Why are you here, boy? Kankobar asked. A grown man could die of terror amid such a scene. Satanta picked up the king from the ditch and put him on his shoulders. Six grown men could not have done the same. Go to that house there and make a fire for me, said the king after a time. The boy carried him into the house and made a fire. If I had a roast pig to eat, said the king, I just might live. I'll find you one, said Satanta. 
He went off into the woods and found at last a man roasting a pig over a fire. The ferocious-looking man had one hand on the pig and another on his weapons. But Satanta attacked him and cut off his head, carrying it and the pig back to Konkobar, who then ate the pig. Let us go home, said the king. And so Satanta helped him back to a main maka. Along the way, they found Konkobar's son, Kusgraid, whom Satanta put on his back and carried all the way home. Once, when Satanta was only five years old, Ulster was attacked by 27 fierce dark warriors from the Isles of Fecha. The Ulstermen immediately collapsed into labor pains because of the curse laid on them by Maka. But the curse did not fall on the young boys. When the invaders poured over the walls of the main Maka, the women screamed and the boys who saw the men of Fecha ran away, all except for Satanta. He attacked them with stones, and killed nine of them with his hurley stick, driving the rest out of Ulster and saving his people. When Satanta was seven years old, the smith Kulan prepared a great feast for Konkobar and his best warriors. As the king was leaving Emein Maka, the king drove his chariot past the playing fields and saw Satanta defeating all the boys there. Come with me to the feast, little Satanta, said the king. You will be my guest. I'll come later, uncle. I'm not done playing here yet. And so Konkobar went to the home of Kulan and forgot that Satanta would be following him. Is there anyone else coming? Asked Kulan. No, said the king. Kulan then locked the gate for his fort and released his fierce hound outside the walls to guard his home. The animal was so ferocious that it took three men with three chains to control him. When that was done, they began the feast. Meanwhile, young Satanta was approaching the fort of Kulan. As he walked, he threw his hurley ball into the air and tossed his stick after it to strike it, then caught both before they hit the ground. It was at this moment that Konkobar remembered that Satanta was coming. He cried out to Kulan and ran to the top of the rampart above the gate, but it was too late. The hound had seen Satanta coming near and rushed him with his teeth bared ready to tear the boy apart. But when Satanta saw the animal, he took his hurley ball and threw it so hard at the hound that it went through his throat and drove its entrails out the back of its body. A great shout of joy went up among the Orlstermen. I welcomed you, lad, and I'm glad you are safe, said Kulan. But for my sake, I wish I had never prepared this feast. That hound was the greatest in Ireland, and guarded my farm and cattle from all harm. Without him, I am ruined. Don't worry, said Satanta. I will raise a pup just as good for you. Until he's grown, I myself will guard your animals and your farm. Then Kathbad the Druid spoke. From now on, boy, your name shall be Kukulain, for you will be the Ku, the Hound of Kulan. A fine name, said the boy. And from then on, he was known as Kukulain. One day, Kathbad the Druid 
was instructing his students when one of them asked what that day would be good for. Today is a good day, said Kafbath, for a warrior to first take up arms. For whoever receives weapons for the first day, today will have fame forever throughout Ireland. Cuculain overheard these words and went quickly to Conquilbard the king and asked for arms. Who sent you to do this? asked Conquilbar. Cathbath the druid, said the boy. And so the king gave him a spear and a sword. Cuculain brandished these about the royal hall and broke them. Then threw fifteen more sets of weapons that also broke in his hands. Finally, Conquilbar gave him his own arms, which were strong enough for the boy. Kothbath came and saw what was happening. Who gave this child weapons today of all days? The druid asked. I did, said the king. Did you not send him? No, said Kothbath. For whoever takes up weapons today will be a warrior of great fame. But his mother will weep, for his life will be short. Why did you deceive me? Kalkabar asked Kukulain. Because a short life means nothing to me, said the boy. Let me live on this earth only a single day, if my fame as a warrior may be everlasting. On another day, someone asked Kafbath what that day would be good for. The name of the man who goes forth in battle in a chariot today will live throughout Ireland forever, said the druid. Cuculain heard this and went to Conquilbar to ask for a chariot, which the king gave him. The boy broke the chariot and the next twelve until Conquilbar gave him his own chariot. He climbed into his chariot with Ibor, Conquilbar's charioteer, at the reins, and they rode around the yard inside the gates. After a short time, Ibor said, That was enough. Not yet, said Kukulain. Let's circle around to main Maka. I will give you a fine reward if you drive me. So Ibor took the boy outside and around the fortress so the other boys could see him. Then he turned back to the gates. <clears throat> Not yet, said Kukulain. Put the whip to the horses. Where do you want to go? asked the charioteer. As far as the road will lead, said Kukulain. They went along the road to the mountains called Silab White, where Kukulain's foster brother, Kono Sernak, was standing guard. It fell to a different warrior of Ulster each day to stand at Silab Fawat and protect the province from invaders. Greetings, Konal, said Kukulain. Return to Amain Maka. I'm here to relieve you as guard. You are too young, said the warrior. Then Kukulain took a stone and threw it at the shaft of Konal Sarnak's chariot, breaking it. Why did you do that? asked Konal in anger. Because no warrior of Ulster can stand guard with a broken chariot, said the boy. Go back to the fort and leave me here to protect Ulster. Konal reluctantly agreed. Kukulain then asked his charioteer about the enemies of Ulster, who live nearby. Ibor said the nearest were the three sons of Nekta Sene, named Fowil, Fanal, and Tuachel. They were fierce men, and had killed many brave warriors of Ulster. 
Take me to them, said Cuculain. Ebor drove him to a small river on the border of Ulster, where the sons of Nectasine had their fortress. In the middle of the stream was a pillar stone with a wooden branch set on top as a warning to trespassers. Cuculain took the branch and cast it into the water, letting it float away downstream. He then lay down on the far bank for a nap. Wake me if any warriors show up, said Cuculain. The sons of Nectasine saw what the boy had done and rushed down to the stream where Cuculain slept peacefully. Who dares enter our lands? asked the men. Just a lad here on his first outing, said the charioteer, Ebor. There's no need for trouble. My hands are on the reins, ready to take him home. The boy is merely sleeping. There's no boy here, said Cuculain as he woke, but a man ready to do battle. Don't be a fool, said the charioteer. This first man is Fawil the Sly. If you don't kill him with your first spear thrust, you'll never touch him. Then I swear by the gods by whom people swear, said Cuculain. The spear my lord Conkobar gave me will not miss. Cuculain cast the spear at Fawil and broke his back in two. The boy then cut off the warrior's head as a trophy and took his spoils. Watch out for this next man, said the charioteer. He is Fanal, the swallow, who moves as swiftly as a bird. But Cuculain was even faster. He killed the warrior, cut off his head, and took the spoils. Beware of this last man, said Ivor. He is Tukachel, the cunning. No weapon has ever touched him. Then I will use my finest spear on him to riddle him full of holes, said Cuculain. The boy knocked him down with the spear and cut off his head. He then gave it and the spoils to Ebor to place on the chariot. Cuculain told the charioteer to then turn towards the plain and drive as fast as he could. With Ebor at the reins of the horses, they flew like the wind. When they reached the middle of the plain, Cuculain saw a herd of deer grazing there. What would be more impressive to the Ulstermen? asked the charioteer to bring the deer back dead or alive. No one can capture deer alive, said Ebor. I can, said Cuculain. Drive them into a bog. Ebor used the horses to drive the deer into the bog, where Cuculain then leapt from the chariot and captured the largest stag in the herd. He tied it to the back of the chariot, and Ebor, he told to drive on. Soon they saw a flock of swans, what could be more impressive to the Ulstermen? Cuculain asked the charioteer. To bring the swans back alive or dead? No one can capture swans alive, said the charioteer. Cuculain then threw stones at the birds and stunned them, twenty of them with just two stones, so that they fell to the ground. He gathered the birds and tied them with cords to the chariot. He then told Ivor to turn back to Umain Maka with the birds flying above and the deer trailing behind and three severed heads hanging from the chariot. When they approached Umain Maka, Cuculain ordered Ivor to turn to the left side of the chariot towards the fort, which was forbidden. Cuculain then cried out for all to hear, I swear by the god by whom the men of Ulster swear 
that unless some man is found to fight with me, I will slaughter everyone in the fort. The watchman on the walls cried out to the king, A warrior in a chariot is here, and a great battle fury is upon him. He will shed the blood of everyone in the main maka unless naked women go out to meet him. Send forth the naked women, shouted Kankobar. The women of Emein Maka came out of the gate, led by Mugain, the wife of the king himself. They marched up to Kukulain and bared their breasts to him. These are the warriors you will face today, Mugain told him. Kukulain grew red, and his face blushed crimson in embarrassment. The warriors of Ulster then seized him and threw him into a tub of cold water. That tub burst from the heat of the boy. They threw him into the second tub of cold water, and that began to boil. Then they threw him into a third tub, which warmed just enough for a bath. When he came out of the tub, the queen placed him on a blue mantle, with a silver brooch and a hooded tunic. Kugulain then went and sat beside Kankobar in the Palace of Honor, which was his ever after. <laughs>